Our Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Exodus. We'll be reading chapter 31, verses 1 through 11. Before we listen to God's word, let us ask him to illuminate our hearts, minds, and souls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, your holy word. Come sit beside us now, and indeed, show us new truths as we read this passage together. In your Son's name we ask it. Amen. The Lord said to Moses, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, with ability and intelligence, with knowledge and all craftsmanship, to devise artistic designs, to work in gold, silver, and bronze, in cutting stones for setting and in carving wood, to work in every craft. And behold, I have appointed with him Oholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. And I have given to all able men ability, that they may make all that I have commanded you, the tent of meeting, and the ark of the testimony, and the mercy seat that is on it, and all the furnishings of the tent, the table and its utensils, and the pure lampstands with all its utensils, and the altar of incense, and the altar of burnt offering with all its utensils, and the basin and its stand, and the finely worked garments, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments for his, of his sons, for their service as priests, as the anointing oil and the fragrant incense for the holy place. According to all that I have commanded you, they shall do. Here ends the reading. Thanks, Paul. Those are some pretty tricky names to say. Good job. <laughs> Well, as a junior in high school, I was most excited to be invited to be a part of the varsity basketball class. There are only 20 guys who are invited to be a part of this class out of a school of 2,000 at Middle And uh, I was excited because the year before on the sophomore team, I had been the leading scorer, and so I was excited to make the move from sophomore team to varsity. When we got there the first day, everyone was a, most people were seniors, there were a few juniors, and there was this one sophomore named Martin Latibidere. I had never met Martin before, I'd never seen him play basketball before, and I was wondering, why is a sophomore in the varsity class? There's only 20 guys in this class. How is it that he got invited to be in this class? We began the class like normal, we would do some dribbling drills and some shooting drills, and I kind of watched Martin, and I could see that he was a pretty good shooter, but not really better than anyone else that I could tell. And at the end of the game, at the end of the practice, uh, we decided to have a little dunk contest, and well, since I could only dunk a volleyball, I decided to sit that one out, and uh, I could never palm an entire basketball, my hands just aren't big enough. Anyway, uh, we start this dunk contest, and Rube Harrell, who was a senior, pretty big guy, he, he slammed the ball down really hard, dunked it, and shook the whole backboard, and everyone gave him, you know, high fives, and then, and then Herb Crisp, who was particularly talented, threw the ball up in the air, and one side and did a reverse dunk. It was really very impressive. And then this quiet sophomore, Martin Latibidere, decided he was going to try, and so we all kind of watched and said, okay, well, what can you do? Well, he took the ball and he bounced it on the ground towards the backboard, and while it was on the way to the backboard, he jumped in the air, did a 360-degree turn, grabbed the ball off the backboard, slammed it down into the goal, and we all said, contest is over. 
then I knew why Martin was in the class. <laughs> in fact, Martin went on to start uh, all three years at Midland Lee. In fact, he, when he graduated from high school, he was the all-time leading scorer in Midland Lee high school history. He went on to play at West Texas A&M. He's actually in the basketball or the Hall of Fame of West Texas A&M, and he went on to play professionally in Europe. Have you ever noticed, have you ever noticed how some people have incredible talents and others do not? <laughs> I could dribble a ball and I could shoot a ball, but I could never jump as high as Martin. I wasn't as quick as Martin. Martin was an incredible athlete. In Psalm 139, we read that we are all fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, God knits us together in our mother's womb, we are told. And and in Genesis 1, we are told that we're created in the very image of God, that we bear God's image. But as we look around this sanctuary today, we can see that even though we're all created in the image of of God, we're all very different, are we not? In fact, the Apostle Paul tells us in both 1 Corinthians 12 and in Romans 12, That by faith in Christ, we have all been given different spiritual gifts. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are today? If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, you can actually go to our church's webpage. There's this tab called Ready to Serve. If you'll click that tab, Ready to Serve, which is on the front page of our church's webpage, if you click Ready to Serve, you'll find that there's a spiritual gift survey at the very top, and you can print that out, fill out the survey, and you will discover what are your spiritual gifts. It's according to the Bible, we've... We've all been created in the the very image of God. We're fearfully and wonderfully made. And and, and through faith in Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we all have different spiritual gifts. But have you ever noticed how it seems like some people have more gifts than others? Some people, like Billy Graham, what an incredible evangelist, what an incredible preacher. Sure, someone like Billy Graham with his gift of evangelism and preaching, it's no no wonder he was able to to preach and, and help bring millions of people to Christ. What about the rest of us? What are we to do with the talents and the gifts that God's given to us, particularly if they're not as, as uh, readily visible like preaching and, and evangelism like Billy Graham has? What are we to do with the gifts God has given to us, the talents God has given to us? To find out, open your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. But before I read God's word, let's call again upon his Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds at the reading and the preaching of his holy word. Please join me as he pray. Holy Spirit, we're so grateful that you inspired Matthew to put pen to paper so that we might have the words of Jesus today. God, I pray that as we read these words that you might give us eyes to see what you want us to see, ears to hear what you want us to hear, and a heart that would be opened and transformed at the reading and the preaching of your holy word. In the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts, be acceptable in your holy sight. Through your son's precious name we pray and all God's people said, amen. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. Listen to the word of the Lord. Jesus says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. He who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So also he who had the two talents made two talents more. But he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. 
Now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. He also, who had received the one talent, came forward, saying, uh, Master, I-, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid, and I went and, and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered him, You wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has the ten talents. For to everyone who has will more be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness, in that place where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Here ends the reading of God's word as the prophet Isaiah tells us, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord stands forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. One servant is given five talents. Another servant is given two talents. And one poor servant is only given one measly talent. It doesn't seem fair, does it? Why doesn't the master give them all the same amount of talents? After all, as Americans, we believe that we were all created equal, right? At least that's what our Declaration of Independence says. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Aren't we all created in the very image of God? Why doesn't everyone get the same amount of talents? It doesn't seem like the servant who's given just the one talent has the same opportunity to produce like the servants who are given the five and the two talents. I mean, sure, if you've got five talents, you can invest at least one of those talents in some type of business venture, and if, if you make a little money, you'll, well, you'll grow those talents. But, and, and, but if, let's say, that venture fails, at least you'll have four more talents left to work with. Or even if you've just been given two talents, at least you can invest one of those talents in, in a ve- venture, and, and if it makes some money for you, so be it. But if it fails, at least you'll have one talent left. But if all you have is one talent, and you, you invest that talent in some type of business venture, and it fails, you'll lose everything. As a finance major, I can tell you that one of the principal rules of investing is that you never put all of your eggs in one basket. You never invest all of your money into one company, because that company could fail like Enron did several years ago. Yes, the servant with the one talent, he doesn't seem reckless. He, he seems safe. He seems secure. What's he supposed to do? All he has is one talent. And if he invests that one talent, he will, in effect, be putting all of his eggs in one basket, recklessly investing all of his money, taking a great risk that he might lose it all. 
It's no wonder that the servant with the one talent buries it in the ground. What's he supposed to do? Where is the grace in our text this morning? Well, one of the things that we often lose sight of in the 21st century when we read this text is we don't exactly know what a talent is worth. We, we don't necessarily inherently know what a talent was worth back in ancient Palestine. Did you know one talent is worth 6,000 denarii? And one denarius is equals a full day's wage. So when the master gives the servant the one talent, he's given him 6,000 denarii or over 15 years worth of wages. Now, it's true that the master gives each servant a different amount of money, but it's clear that he's been very generous to all of his servants, to all of his slaves in this story. The master gives his servants, his slaves, more than enough to work with. And if we're honest with ourselves today, the same is true for us. God has given each one of us more than enough time and talents and treasures to help do the work of his kingdom. We don't all have the same abilities, same spiritual gifts, the same opportunities, the same resources, the same chances, but we all have been given more than enough to help do the work of God's kingdom. Notice in our text this morning that the master gives the exact same words of blessing to the servant who produced five talents and to the servant who produced two talents. Whether you read verse 21 or you read verse 23, the words are the same. It says, The master says to these servants who produced five and to the one who produced two, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. The master is not that concerned with with how much each person produces as long as they were faithful with what they were given. He's not comparing the one with the two talents to the one with the five talents. He's just grateful that they put their talents to work so they might produce even more talents. God isn't comparing us to one another. God knows what he's given us. He wants to see if we'll be faithful with what it is he's given us. After all, as the Apostle Paul explains in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, each one of us is a a member of the body of Christ and we all have different gifts, different abilities that help contribute to the whole. In 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 20, we read this. Paul writes, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body." God has given each one of us different abilities, different gifts, different opportunities to help do the work of his kingdom. And as Paul is pointing out, if we were all the same, we may not be as effective for the kingdom of God. No, we were called to help complement one another with the gifts that God has given to us. As, as Paul explains, if everyone was an eye, where would the sense of smell be? 
Reminds me of that scene from Rocky, the first one, you know, the one that was good, uh, 1976. The rest of them I'm not so sure about. But, but Sylvester Stallone, uh, Rocky, uh, playing Rocky Balboa, the great romantic, is talking to Adrian. He's trying to court her, and he, he says, you know, you know, you got gaps. I got gaps. You know, we, we fill gaps, right? We have gaps, every single one of us. But together, we as the body of Christ help fill gaps as we use our different gifts to help do the work of God's kingdom. For instance, if, if you have the gift of hospitality, like, like Lydia in the book of Acts, chapter 16, we read that Paul went to Philippi, and he, he, he met, went to a river, and, and, and a woman named Lydia was converted to Christ, and she had the gift of hospitality, and so she invited Paul and all of his companions to come and stay in her home. And so the, the church in Philippi started in the house of Lydia. Yes, using her gift of hospitality, she helped start the church in Philippi. I was talking to Sherry Lovato recently, and uh, she mentioned to me that uh, she could use some women with the gift of hospitality. As we try to take the church into the neighborhood, we're starting to have house groups, uh, home groups uh, in, in neighborhoods, in different homes. And so you don't have to be a Bible study teacher. Just be willing to host a small group in your house, a women's group. If you have the gift of teaching and you have a love for children, we could use some more Sunday school teachers or some teachers to help with Wednesday nights. We would love to have you help with our children's ministry. Or if you're a man and you have the gift of teaching, we would love for you to help lead a Bible study during the week. We have a lot of great lunch Bible studies. You can talk to Murray about the men's Bible studies. You can talk to Michael Ann Bell about the children's Sunday school. If you have the gift of administration or helps, as I shared a moment ago, we could use some folks to help run slides like Salofo does so faithfully. Uh, or, or as Jim Kimmerling's doing the soundboard, it would be very easy for us to train you and you could just do one Sunday a month. It'd be very simple, but we could use some real help. Or if you're a senior adult and you have the gift of, of administration, we could use some senior adults, as Paul tells me, to help plan some of the trips that the Nuffs like to go on. We, we could definitely use some help there. Or if you have the gift of creative communication, we could use your help at 1105 as we seek to creatively communicate the message of God's word through skits and drama and different video opportunities. If you have musical gifts, we could use you in our choir, man. We, we'd love to have another voice in our choir. Uh, as I shared earlier, this upcoming Saturday from 9.30 to noon, they're going to have a preview of the lessons and carols. That would be an easy way to plug into our choir. Believe me, very little happens in this church without the work of many, many volunteers. In fact, if you'd like to know specifically how you can volunteer, there's a little brochure that says places you can connect at First Pres. It's in the Great Hall. You can pick one up and read about the different ministries and the different needs. And we'd love for you to prayerfully consider volunteering and giving some time. Yes, very little happens in this church without the work of many volunteers, from greeters to ushers to musicians to teachers to shepherds to baby huggers to Bible study leaders to communion prep team to the bereavement team to soundboard operators to visual slide operators to choir members. There are a myriad of ways to serve as a part of the body of Christ here. And as we ask you next Sunday to turn in a pledge card, we're, we're asking not only for a commitment of financial resources, but a commitment of time and, and talents as well. Where will you seek to serve in 2016? Of course, we shouldn't just limit our service to the church, should we? No, every day there are opportunities for us to use our gifts and our talents to the glory of God in our places of work, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, in our schools, in our social circles. This past Wednesday, I had the opportunity to pray, do the opening prayer at the Amarillo College's uh, Distinguished Alumni Luncheon, where they were honoring our own Ron Boyd, uh, who went to Amarillo College on a tennis scholarship. In fact, at every one of our tables, there was a picture of a young Ron Boyd playing tennis in some really short shorts. Um, be sure and ask Sherry, his wife, if he still has those shorts. I'm curious if those are still around. 
At, luncheon, at the luncheon, it was also mentioned that uh, Ron was man of the year in 2008, according to Amarillo Globe News. And I'm sure you may know this, but many of our church members have been man or woman of the year, according to the Amarillo Globe News. Wales Madden, El Ray Vehu, Helen Vehu, Claudette Landis, Patty Lou Dawkins, Betty Howell and Dee Dee Reynolds, Sandra Gilliland, Bill Gilliland, Jim Sims, Bob Sanders, Glenn Parkey, Alice O'Brien, Ron Boyd, Eddie Malin, Tom Cambridge, Rick and Evelyn Husband. And of course, in 1980, the senior pastor of this church, Reverend Dr. Jim Carroll, was named Man of the Year. All of these men and women have sought to use their God-given talents, their God-given abilities, their God-given resources to help point others to him by serving our community. I love when Sam Lovelady was interviewed about uh, Bob Sanders and how he was named Man of the Year in 1998. This is what Sam Lovelady said about Bob Sanders, our own Bob Sanders. No discussions of Sanders would be complete without talking about his faith. He loves the Lord and works so hard in many different ways. One of the ways that Bob shows his love for the Lord and for our community is by helping start the uh, community prayer breakfast that happens the, the Tuesday of Thanksgiving every year. You've got to go to it if you haven't. It's in the Civic Center. It's, it's, it's truly an amazing time of prayer and fellowship. And Bob said this about the prayer breakfast when they began it. He says, the committee's vision for the breakfast is to remind the community to seek God's guidance and strength in our personal lives and their vocations. Seeking God's guidance and strength in our personal lives and our vocations. That's what it's all about, isn't it? As you pray about what God is calling you to do, as you pray about who God has uniquely crafted you to be, may the Lord lead us to see how we can use our gifts and our talents, not only within this church, but within the, great, within the greater community of Amarillo. How might God use us and the talents he's given us to help point others to him? Because it's very clear from our parable this morning that God has given each one of us more than enough talents and time and treasures to help do the work of his kingdom. Not everyone has five talents. Not everyone has two talents. Some people have just one talent. I'd like to end the sermon with a brief video of a young man who didn't complain about what he couldn't do, but rather celebrated what he could do with the one talent God had given him. 